of Shame is brought to you by Philo TV. Do you love TV but hate the size of your cable bill? Philo is your solution. It offers more than 50 channels of TV live and on demand for just $20 a month. That's not too much. What are you watching these days? Are you still on that HGTV tip? HGTV is literally all that I'm watching. But I love Philo. Retina, you literally just saw me cancel my cable a second yeah. ago. I was on the phone. On Zoom. She got feisty. I had to cut it off. Philo is all I have now, and it's all I need, baby. She was like, why are you canceling? And you were like, because I got Philo. None of your business. But if you want to know, it's because I have Philo. Well, with Philo, you save hundreds a month on TV. It's the most affordable way to watch at a time when everyone could use some entertainment in their life. Philo was created by a bunch of passionate TV fans that wanted to make a better way to watch. There are no contracts. It's cord-free, commitment-free, hassle-free, and provides unparalleled customer service. You're not going to be dealing with a sassy rep here. What should we call her? Karen? She was totally a Karen. I mean, she had that too. One of the better features is its unlimited DVR, which allows you to save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. It also allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams so everyone in the house can have their own safe shows, no fighting, and up to three simultaneous streams. Never fight over who gets to pick what to watch. Philo is easy to use, super easy to sign up, and you can watch by phone, laptop, tablet, or TV with Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, or Android TV. Philo is TV for everyone. Sign up today at philo.tv slash shame and you'll get 25% off your first two months. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash shame. Hey guys, I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Fruchtbaum and this is Hall of Shame. Oh, my darling Rechna. <laughs> oh. How are you? Fair, Rachel. <laughs> uh, yes. Rashna, I have a question for you. Okay. And it's going to kind of seem like it's coming from left field, and that's because it is. It's very okay. random. Are you, by any chance, a horse person? Like, growing up, did you have a horse? Did you were, did you go horseback riding? Like, any of these things? I'm going to say I'm actively not a horse person in the sense that I have some friends who are like equestrian people and I'm always like I don't understand you're so obsessed (laughs) also why do you get a medal because it feels like the horse is doing all the work just to say (laughs) that is uh, a very valid thing to say and I'm on your side here okay I am not a particular fan of horses whatsoever my babysitter had a bunch of them and like when I was young I did them trying to do a horse a favor and picked up an apple that it had dropped on the ground. And Uh that mother effer bit me on the arm. And I was a small child. And it scarred me for life. Have you ever seen horses' teeth? Did you have to get a tetanus shot? No, I was I was wearing a very large jacket. It was Canada in the wintertime, so <laughs> that was my shield. It didn't even make a dent in your arm. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just being my dramatic petty self and just like screaming, crying on That's the ground because it was shocking. insane, though. But I also... Uh, I just kind of don't get it. I mean, I had a friend in elementary school that was so obsessed with horses. I won't say her name. Her name was Shelby. Whatever. Um, She (laughs) was so obsessed with horses that she used to pretend to be one. Like she would like neigh and like kick the ground. And like if we were ever doing like running and gym or PE, she would run. She would gallop and like neigh at people when she had to pass them. (laughs) <laughs> it was a, so like I'm just like fully turned off of horses at this point in my life you know like at what point did you say to Shelby hey Shelby, I love you <laughs> but at this point like 
I just want to be friends with a human, not a horse. To be honest, I feel like the horse situation kind of stood in the way of us becoming yeah. friends. Like it was ah. almost just like too much to get past. Gotcha. So I was kind of like steering clear. But I gotcha. hope she's listen. You stick to what you love. So I hope she's still out there. Yeah. Galloping around the world, you know? I'll say Shout this. to Shelbs. I can get into like the Kentucky Derby. Like when there's a horse sure, about to win the Triple Crown, all of a sudden your girl's like the biggest horse racing fan in the world. <laughs> I got my hat on and my mint julep and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The mint julep's fueling, fueling the love, yes. I'm sure. Yes. Okay, before we get back to the show, exciting news. Woo! Yay! Ahead of this year's elections, the team at Crooked has been hard at work to try to find the best ways for all of you to impact its results, aside, of course, from casting your own ballot. Now they have an answer. Vote Save America's brand new Adopt-A-State program. The Adopt-A-State program lets you directly support the work of organizers, volunteers, and candidates in the six key battleground states that will be the most important to winning a progressive majority in 2020. We got Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Florida, and North Carolina. When you sign up to Adopt-A-State at votesaveamerica.com adopt, you'll get specific calls to action, things you can do yourself from home right now that will make a huge impact on the races in these states. I am so excited about this. I am Team Florida. I'm a little intimidated, but I'm excited to do this. I'm Team Pennsylvania because I'm from its less fancy next-door neighbor, Ohio. And I think Pennsylvania, for me, was the most shocking one to not go blue. It kind of knocked me in my gut. I feel like we have our work cut out for us in Florida, but I'm excited to do this. I've I've never done this before or campaigned in any way. I'm Canadian, full disclosure. I'm not even American. I can't even vote. So the least I can do is help some people vote. I love it, Rachel. You can adopt the state now at votesaveamerica.com slash adopt. Okay, now let's get to the story. Okay, so let's get to today's story because this does somehow tie in, I promise. Today's story is dedicated to Shelby, 1000%. I love it. Um, but it's got it's got some serious Tiger King vibes, if oh. I may, except for this is more like if Joe Exotic was a weird millionaire and raising show horses instead of tigers. Gotcha. Maybe he is a millionaire, who knows. Um Rechna, today I am going to take you on a little journey through the seedy underbelly of the horse world. Cannot wait. Which admittedly I knew zip about, but listen, a horse bit me. I know nothing else except for like they're aggressive (laughs) when it comes to apples, you know? I'm so excited because I feel like some of these I know the sport better and I love the ones where I don't because you learn so much. Absolutely. And um, we're going to learn a lot today. This story has got everything, my friend. It's got rich people who have too much time and money on their hands, which, you know, Mm. are usually a disaster. It's got a missing woman, a bunch of horses, and murder. What? (laughs) This is definitely one of the darkest, biggest scandals in equestrian sports. I don't know how (laughs) many scandals are in equestrian (laughs) sports, but this is one of the larger ones. I can promise you that. So before we dive in, I want to paint you a little picture of what the show horse world is all about, if you're unfamils like I was. This sport is fancy AF, and I should mention show horses and horse racing with the mint juleps is very different. Okay, Okay, Today, 
we talking show horses. Okay. The most popular competitions in the show horse world are dressage mm, I've heard and of. hunter jumper. Okay. Okay, we're we're already in bougie world if we're saying words like dressage. This is like where they're wearing like a like a tuxedo on the horse. Maybe like a nice braid, like the horse has nicer hair than I do, which is often. Or am I just thinking of a Jane Austen movie? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It fits. It fits. Okay. So dressage and hunter jumper, they're essentially a bunch of different types of ways to show off how fancy your horse is and like the tricks that you've taught them to do. That's awesome. Somebody is going to listen to this podcast and be so into dressage and hunter jumper and they are going to nail me online. So I'm so sorry if I'm not, you know, this is like when I covered the dog show for Fox Sports and Anytime I made a joke, they were like so pissed about it. <laughs> so I've been apologizing in advance. Get ready, Rachel. Get ready. Yeah. The show horse world isn't just a sport. It's like a lifestyle. Sure. People who love it, love it. And entry into this world has a very expensive price tag. The sport is governed by the United States Equestrian Federation. But at the time of our story, they were called the American Show Horse Association. So this is like legit it's it's got rules it's got people that judge it's a thing at the mm. highest echelons of the sport equestrians are shelling out like 150,000 to 200,000 for just the horse alone so wow. you can kind of imagine the types of people that are in yes. this world you know sure can so 150 200,000 but there are some people who are absolute like baller riders out there who spend millions to guarantee a winning stallion and taking wow. care of these horses is like a whole other ball game. Horse maintenance can cost upwards of $100,000 a year and includes training farriers who are people who take care of the hooves, 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 whatever. Transportation, uh, stable maintenance, all of it. And like anything that is extremely valuable, show horses are actually insured. Bet you didn't know that. Mm, like Beyonce's legs. Beyonce's legs are insured think so they should be yeah so these very expensive horses need people to take care of them which is you know sometimes really heavy labor and then also like picking up poop which i seriously doubt rich people are doing the people that are doing the hard work are called stable hands there are two different sides to the horse world like i was saying there's like the glam side lights camera action and then there's the other side the ones who can't afford to own them and so they still want to be involved somehow, so they work there. They gotcha. work with the horses. Mm -hmm. One of these people was a man named Tommy Burns. We don't know much about his early life besides the fact that he ran away from home at 15. But what we do know is when he got married, he started working with horses. He bought and sold horses. He ran a stable for his in-laws and quickly learned the ins and outs of show horses. He traveled the equestrian circuit with a portable saddle shop. Okay, he's an entrepreneur. Okay. And he transported horses in his semi-truck across the country. Tommy had a reputation for a no-nonsense tough guy. You asked him to do something, he did it. Okay? Gotcha. He had his shit together. In 1982, Tommy found himself working for a man named James Druck. James owned Eagle Crest Farm in Ocala, Florida, which is an area known and celebrated for their thoroughbred horse breeding. Mm. James was a big deal in those parts because not only was he an owner, he was also an equine lawyer who specialized in equestrian insurance. These horses have their own lawyers, their own insurance. They're balling. <laughs> hey, go horses. 
I did not know that that existed before reading this story. I can't believe that that position in the world exists. <laughs> There's a lawyer who specializes in horse insurance. Yeah, exactly. Wow. He was what you would call an affluent horseman. Mm. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm an affluent horseman. I'm sure he's awesome. <laughs> he sounds like a fun time at a party. That's like another way to say Maybe this guy's a douchebag. I'm guessing. I don't even know where this story's going. Maybe he's the greatest. I uh, I think you might be on par with that. Okay. And of course, such a man would gift his daughter the perfect horse. James purchased prize jumper Henry the Hawk for what I'm sure was his very deserving daughter, Lisa Druck, for a cool $150,000. Wow. I had to, like, blackmail my dad into buying an iPod when I was younger. <laughs> For my daughter's birthday, we just got her like a video of Elsa saying happy birthday. And we're like, which was pretty sick. And like I a slip it. and slide. <laughs> That's, I would prefer that over a, an expensive horse. Fair. But you're not Lisa, you know? True, 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 true. Lisa loved Henry. Okay. They competed together and they developed a really strong bond and show horse events and out on the farm. She adored him. He was her BFF. She would like comb his hair, do little braids, maybe put a little bow in it. Okay. It was adorable. A couple years after purchasing Henry, James, her dad, fell onto some hard times and was strapped for cash. <laughs> he was probably thinking to himself, shit, maybe I shouldn't have spent $150,000 yeah. on a horse last year. All of a sudden, a slip inside sounding awesome, right? Am I right? <laughs> His first thought was to sell Henry. But the top offer was only $125,000. I guess horses depreciate like cars. Gotcha. Which is gross. James was not having it. He needed the full $150,000 and he needed it ASAP. Gotcha. He's not going to lose $25,000 on Henry. Not going no, to. All right. Being a horse insurance attorney, James, of course, had the horse insured for the full $150,000, which gave him the idea that truly any psychotic person would naturally have. Okay. What if I murder my horse <gasps> and stage its death to look like it died of natural causes. Then I could collect the 150 thou, probably bum out my daughter, but whatever. We'll be in the clear. <gasps> I know. Like, Shelby, if you're listening to this, just a heads up, this is about to take a dark turn. Okay. Well, we were right that wealthy horse guy is a good euphemism for asshole. Douche hat. James is an owner, though. He owns Henry, so there's no way he could carry out the killing himself. <laughs> it's just his daughter's beloved horse and This pet. guy's a dirtbag. So we offered Tommy some cashish to get the job done. Tommy. Tommy with the saddles. Tommy with the saddles, the entrepreneur. Gotcha. I hate, I hate, hate, hate that I have to explain this further, but it is vital to the story. The best way to kill a horse is to oh electrocute God. them. No visible trace. Apparently not even like the best vets would be able to detect signs of electrocution. And it's allegedly painless. A lot of the insurance companies attributed a death like this to colic. Colic is the leading cause of death amongst domesticated horses and encompasses a variety of abdominal issues. It's basically like a catch-all if a horse suddenly dies. Ugh. How do they know it's painless? They're like, horse. Is this her? They don't. Yeah. Allegedly, but they don't. James was oddly knowledgeable about how to precisely electrocute a horse. I think we've already established that he is a psychopath. He knew how to cut extension cords into two separate strands of wire, oh how to God. attach clips to the horse. Like, why does an attorney know these things? I don't even know how to jump a car. The second you're the kind of person 
who would give your daughter a pet and then murder it for money, all bets are off. You're trash. You're fucking the worst person. Absolutely a monster. So he passed along all of his knowledge to Tommy, who would then carry out the kill. So (sighs) one night when Lisa was off gallivanting with her boyfriend, apparently, they were Mm. apparently in the back of his pickup truck. Tommy quietly slipped into Henry the Hawk's barn, armed with the deadly equipment. He set it all up exactly how James taught him, plugged the wire into the wall socket and stepped back. The horse was killed instantly. (gasps) And when Lisa found out, she was devastated. James collected the money like the dirtbag he is, and Tommy found himself a brand new profession. Horse murder. Holy shit. Holy shit is right. Oh, here's an aside. Lisa Druck, the daughter, later changed her name to Riel Hunter. And Riel Hunter was the woman who famously had an affair with disgraced former Senator John Edwards while his wife was dying of (gasps) cancer. It's the same girl. You know what? It all stems back to this moment. What's up with this family? Imagine if your dad is that. It's hard to to recover. Okay, back to the story. The equestrian world is small. And news of Tommy's new skill spread fast. And all of a sudden, he was in business. Because as it turns out, the extremely wealthy only care about one thing, making more money. Show horse (laughs) owners didn't view their horses as the magnificent creatures that they are. They just looked at them as dollar signs, basically. I feel like this is basically like a little microcosm of our country right now. Anyway, listen, we're here to Shall we dive into that later? (laughs) We're here to escape, so just let's move forward. You can hear that on Pod Save America later. Yeah. Among the equestrian community, Tommy was dubbed the Sandman. Because when he showed up at your stable, you knew some horses were going to sleep. Jesus. For the next decade, when a rich asshole show horse owner needed a quick return on their horse, either because they bought an overvalued horse or were strapped for cash, they would call one guy. Enter Sandman. Uh, What a bunch of sociopathic monsters. Seriously. So Tommy had his business down to a science with his duffel bag of electrical equipment. He would travel around the country answering the call of owners who needed his help. And his Mm. fee wasn't bad either. He would usually get around 10% for the insurance price on the horse. So he could be walking away with anywhere from $5,000 to forty. dollars Grand. He said he made 40 grand one time. Let me talk about this for a second. So our guy James buys a horse for $150,000, could sell yeah. it for one twenty-five, but unwilling because he would lose 25 grand. In asking Tommy to kill the horse, he pays him, let's say, 10% is 12.5 grand. Wow. No, 15 grand. Oh my God. So he saved $10,000. That's it. That's disgusting. Thank you for the quick math. For a stable hand... <laughs> Tommy was doing pretty well. Yeah. Except for the minor inconvenience of electrocuting a horse. I would say major, major inconvenience, Um, which is, I think we've established, can take a toll on you mentally, I would hope. But he was seemingly living a pretty good life. He was traveling around the show horse circuit, making a ton of money and getting away with it for a long time. Tommy often, this is, I can't keep on saying this is disgusting, but just truly know that that's what I'm thinking in my head. Tommy often had repeat customers. One guy hired him 15 fucking times. What? 15. It's 15 horses. Stop buying horses, you idiot. Just maybe oh take up God. something else. People suck. Take up stamps. Those are cheap. Oh my God. These people weren't just random rich people either. The types of customers Tommy had were the nation's leading trainers, owners, and riders with influence in the community. Mm. They were like, 
a big deal and Tommy was starting to climb the ranks. He wasn't just a stable hand anymore. Tommy had created a very important role for himself in this community. He knew their deepest, darkest secrets, obviously, and therefore had a lot of power. Again, Tommy's an entrepreneur, a terrible one that should go to hell. Tommy did this for a very long time. Like I said, decades working in the shadows of this very showy and icky industry. But it all came crumbling down when a new customer called him with a disturbing ask. And I will get to that disturbing ask in Uno Memento after I ask you to buy these products, BRB. (laughs) Hall of Shame is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers is on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with clean remedies that actually work. Their flagship product, Propolis Throat Spray, is your daily defense when it comes to supporting your immune health and soothing sore and scratchy throats. Never heard of Propolis before? It is a powerful antioxidant-rich bee product with medicinal use dating back to 300 BC. Reshna, you know how we feel about that. Anything in the BCs I trust inherently. I have been using the Propolis Throat Spray quite a bit. Love it. I feel like we're stuck inside all Mm -hmm. the time. Our throats are dry. We're not getting a ton of fresh air as we might be usually doing. So I've been using this and it's been really, really helping. I love it. Same. Propolis throat spray is sustainably sourced and contains just three simple ingredients with no refined sugars, dyes, or hard to pronounce chemicals inside. We also got the Beelixer brain fuel. Mm. I really love anything that will help me feel smarter and more focused and not jittery from like coffee Mm -hmm. and stuff. Not require that fourth cup of coffee at four in the afternoon. Fourth cup, Rechna. Sometimes. What's going on here? I've got young children that wake up very early. Okay, true. Take a shot first thing in the morning or before an important video conference to beat brain fog, find your flow, and be on your A-game without caffeine or sugar. We love this stuff. Mm -hmm. We could all use more daily defense right now, and Propolis Throat Spray is a game changer. It's time to give your medicine cabinet an upgrade with Beekeepers Naturals. To save 15% on your first order, go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash shame. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash shame. Shame to get 15% off. Meet your new medicine cabinet with Beekeepers Naturals. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Function of Beauty. We all know the frustrations, bottles on bottles of half-used shampoos and conditioners piling up in your bathroom. I am 1,000% guilty of this. Each one promised to be everything your hair ever needed, but they are liars! And you deserve better. So try Function of Beauty. We don't all have the same hair. So why should we all use the same shampoo and conditioner? Now you don't have to with Function of Beauty. Are you ready to live your best hair life in 2020, even though you're probably not leaving your house and no one is seeing you? (laughs) Except for on Zoom. I have already started because I got my bottles, my personalized bottles. They're like for color treated, which I mean, I haven't had my hair colored in months now, so maybe that's irrelevant, but they're like, keep the frizz away. It's so good. And the bottles are so cute. And they came with like these little stickers that my daughter has been sticking everywhere. Aww, it's really great. I love it. It's really great. So guys, do you dread washing and styling your hair? It's not you. It is the products you are using. Try something new with Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the internet's top rated customized hair care brand with over 30,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. One of them is Rechna's. Whether your hair That's is curly it. or straight, natural, or processed... Can my hair be like literally all four of those things? Because I think it might be. (laughs) Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your unique hair type, style preferences, and hair goals. To begin the short four-question quiz, which was super easy, by the way, and to save 20% on your first purchase, go to functionofbeauty.com slash shame. 
You tell them all about your hair. You customize your formula with fragrance and color. I got lavender. I'm very excited. Ooh, or I you can that. go dye and fragrance free. The products are so personalized. Your name is even printed on the bottle. Plus, Function of Beauty is vegan and cruelty free, which we love. They never use sulfates, parabens, flat, <laughs> Listen, something bad for your hair. I don't want something that I can't pronounce in my hair. They don't have mineral oils or any other harmful ingredients. To get started right now, go to functionofbeauty.com slash shame to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash shame. Let them know we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com slash shame. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Policy Genius. There is never a bad time to save money, but now more than ever, finding smart ways to put your cash back in your pocket can make a big difference. One way to do that is to simply save on the things you already pay for, like home insurance. If you own a home, reshopping your home insurance rates with Policy Genius could save you a good chunk of change. And the best part is, you barely need to lift a finger to do it. I can attest to this. I. Loki just bought a house. No big deal. Let's not make a thing about it. But I had to shop for homeowners insurance because I've never done that before. And we used Policy Genius. It was super quick, super easy, and we found we found our insurance. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius will compare your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage at the best possible price. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you are currently paying, they will do the work to get you switched. Do you? You own a car as well. Policy Genius will compare your home and auto policies across different insurers and even mix and match to find you savings. They've saved their customers an average of $1,127 per year doing just that. So if you'd like to put a little cash back in your pocket right now, see how much you can save by reshopping your home insurance rates at policygenius.com. Okay, we're back. Tommy is killing horses left, right, and center, and rich assholes are cashing in. It absolutely sucks. Everything was going well for Tommy, as we've established, until he got a very peculiar phone call. In 1991, a horse owner in Gainesville, Florida, named Mrs. Donna Brown, the Mm. wife of the 1976 Olympic rider Buddy Brown, commissioned Tommy to kill her jumper streetwise. But she had a little issue. There was a little asterisk. Mm. Streetwise couldn't be killed by electrocution. Her insurance policy didn't cover colic. Instead, she requested Tommy get creative and find another way. So the insurers are getting smart to the colic, in quotes, perhaps. Or this woman is just cheap and doesn't get a good insurance that covers everything. (laughs) She got the shitty policy. Yeah. Oh, Donna. Classic. Here's a thing that I wish I never knew. Horses cannot recover from broken legs. They have to be euthanized. Tommy understood her request. He was going to have to break Streetwise's legs. He suddenly freaked out, which is unlike Tommy at this point, electrocuting a horse, sure, breaking their legs, a bridge too far. I hesitate to say this. I get it in the sense that like the one thing is like it sounds like quick and relatively painless. And the other one is just like hearing the snap of a bone. I feel like he's just like so numb to doing the other one because he's been Ugh. doing it so long that he's just like, whoa, this is whole other ballgame. But also like, fuck him. Ultimately, Tommy couldn't do it and drank himself into a stupor. Mm. Also, can we just bring to light the fact that he was a stable hand before he started doing any of this stuff. He worked with horses for so long. 
I mean, you can't do that without having compassion and like love for an animal if you're working with them. Yeah. And just like a connection. And a connection. I mean, uh, I've looked I into know. a horse's eyes and then it yeah. bit me, but I there was a brief connection. <laughs> it bit you in your arm, but yeah. still. So he knew he had to deliver somehow. Gotcha. He's the Sandman after all. Yeah. But he knew he couldn't carry out the murder himself. So instead he called on his friend Harlow to do it. Harlow agreed. The hit was on. That fateful Friday night, February 2nd, 1991, it was raining, which was the perfect alibi. The conditions would make the injury look like Streetwise had just taken a tumble off the ramp getting into a trailer. Ugh. Mm. At around 10, 10 p.m. that night, Tommy and Harlow arrived at Mrs. Donna Brown's stables. They loaded three horses into a trailer, prepping them for a transportation to Palm Beach. Ooh, I feel nauseous. When it was time for Streetwise to be loaded up, Tommy knew what had to be done. He held the horse down and Harlow took a crowbar to Streetwise's leg. Oh, my God. In pain and shock, the horse broke free and bucked wildly through the stable's parking lot. Tommy and Harlow chased it closely behind. Once they got a hold of the horse, they called the vet to come by. The vet bought their story and put the horse out of its misery. Ugh. Oh, my God. So as messed up as it is, their plan went according to plan. It worked out for them again, except for one little thing. Unbeknownst to Tommy, investigators for the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services acting on a tip were staking out the hit. Yes. Uh, I needed a reprieve. From the horrifying details. Yes, Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Yes. Tommy and Harlow, thinking everything was on track, drove away from the scene, but were chased down and surrounded by local officials and were arrested immediately on the spot. Justice for Streetwise. We stand all the, the other Florida horses. Department of Agricultural Services we and etc. So... The tip to the local officials was given to them by none other than the FBI, oh, who had been damn. investigating this case and trying to nab Tommy for a minute. Wow. So, okay. how did the FBI even yes. know to look into Tommy and this whole thing? Well, we got to take a brief pause from Tommy and his horrifying shenanigans. I'm ready for the break, right. to be honest. And I need to tell you about the case of a missing candy heiress whose disappearance brought the FBI to one Tommy Burns. Ooh. This is like a pretty big sidebar, but I need you to stick with me because it all becomes full circle. Okay. So just like. Can't wait. I love, I love a sidebar. Grab some snacks. You're on the ride. You're already buckled in. You can't get out of the car. I mean, is there a We're more the exciting sidebar than a missing candy heiress? Exactly. Love it. So the FBI had this cold case. Uh, also involving horse fraud, involving a missing heiress presumed murdered named Helen Brock. Her supposed murderer had been involved in a scheme where he sold overvalued show horses to vulnerable, rich, divorced women. Ugh. His name was Richard Bailey. If I've learned anything from doing this podcast is there are so many shitty people in the world. Oh, my God. Like so many. <laughs> Let's add rich horse people to the list. Rich horse people on the list. Which I guess we could have guessed. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I could have guessed that one. This guy wormed his way into Helen Brock's life after her husband died. They were romantically involved. And Helen ended up buying three of his horses for almost $100,000. I'm sorry. Whatever happened to like maybe offering to pay for dinner one time? Yeah. Like I feel like that's like a, a chill thing to do when you start dating somebody. Ugh. I'll just buy three of your horses. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we have horses, a budding romance, 
I don't know about you, but I would totally watch this movie on the Hallmark Channel. Thousand percent. There was trouble in paradise. Bailey had overvalued those horses by almost $70,000. He completely ripped her off. Mm. And this wasn't the first time. This was not his first rodeo, okay? He had conned 12 other affluent widows, divorcees, Uh, into crappy horse investments. Imagine that fight. He's like, listen, I love you. I'm in love with you. Did I swindle you out of 70 grand? I did, but that doesn't change (laughs) what's inside my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So the relationship obviously ended up falling apart and Helen was pissed and wanted to go to the state attorney's office and report him. Cut to 1977. Two years later, Helen disappears. Oh, man. Suspect numero uno, our Hallmark Channel star, Richard Bailey. Played by Peter Facinelli. I don't know. I'm sorry, (laughs) Peter Facinelli. You seem great. Is that the guy in Twilight? Because that's a perfect casting. Yeah. It's that guy. I'm sure he's in better movies than Twilight. The cops knew about their rendezvous already. Helen's complaints. Mm -hmm. A few years after her disappearance, someone even spray painted Richard Bailey knows where the body is in the front of his house. Who spray painted that? I want to figure out. Helen's ghost. Who spray painted that? The horse. (gasps) So he denied it and the case went cold. This justice system is whack. Oh, no. Yeah, no. It wasn't me. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Was it you? No. Come on. Come on, you know me. Come on. Okay, cool. You know what? with horses. Go to dinner. You're good. Can I buy you dinner? Can I buy (laughs) one of your horses? So the FBI was on high alert about the horse industry after all this. They could tell Mm. there was some shady business, some shady people in this world. So when Tommy came onto the scene, oh, bitch, they were ready. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were ready. Yeah. So apparently, they had been following Tommy for months at this point, as his side hustle was a bit of an open secret in the show horse world. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's like climbing up the ranks, it means people are starting to know him. He's got a nickname. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, that's the Sandman. At the FBI, that was called Project Sandman. (gasps) Enter Sandman. Mm. So everyone everyone knew what was going on. And you somehow call yourself horse lovers. I don't, I just don't get it. Shelby would be disappointed in all of you. We see you. We see you. We see you, motherfuckers. (laughs) The FBI had been given a tip about the hit that was about to go down. They called the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. We stand. We love them. And they decide to stake out the stable. And you know what happens at the stable. We don't need to go over that again. Let's not do that again. Yeah, I don't want to. So back to Tommy and Harlow. Following the arrest, they were both thrown in jail. And Tommy lost his shit immediately. He was calling (laughs) everybody, all the big time clients, asking for a bailout, asking for help. Guess who's not going to show up for you? Your shitty, shitty, rich horse people. Nailed it. No one picked up his call. No one was willing to bail him Mm. out. And just like that, Tommy went from everybody's guy to a nobody. Later, he said they made him feel like something on the bottom of a riding Mm. boot. Well, I'm, I'm guessing he means shit safe to say he means shit he means shit he means horse shit probably he means poop yeah feeling betrayed tommy was ready to talk and so he did in exchange for a more lenient sentence tommy cooperated full force all these people deserve all of this all of the smoke they deserve all of the smoke tommy cooperated full force and threw every single person under the bus giving names places dates conspirators co-conspirators the whole shebang tommy spent Three weeks in jail, Rechna. What? And was eventually released on $100,000 cash bail. 
under the promise that he would stay away from horses. <laughs> Listen, as long as you just like don't kill any more horses, you know what? Yeah. Go live your life, guy. Good. Ugh. After his testimony, 36 people were indicted and tried for insurance fraud, mail and wire fraud, obstruction of justice, extortion, racketeering, and, of course, animal cruelty. Of the 36, 35 were convicted. Oh, I love that. Who's the one? <laughs> How'd they get away? In the end, Tommy never served more time than those original three weeks in prison. The American Show Horses Association was so shysty, they handed out 23 suspensions to the owners involved, and that is it. They weren't even banned, just suspended. I'm sure you know what a, how, how a suspension works. You yeah. take some time off, and then you get to come right back. You come back and kill some more horses. Ugh. Ugh. So apparently this was a pretty normalized part of the world, and may even... We're not with you, rich horse people. We're not with you. We're not. We're not with you. Mm. Um... And honestly, this might not be the only time that this happened. This could still, I mean, horses just have a shitty end of the stick, whether it's show horses or race Mm -hmm. horses. Like, it's just heartbreaking what these animals have to go through. It's horrifying. I want to be be surprised about this story, but I'm not. Um, Ruthlessness and greed are like the cornerstones of American society. Yeah. While the case of the horse murders was closed, sadly, our beloved candy heiress Helen Brock's disappearance and probable murder was not. Though Richard Bailey, the prime suspect, did get 30 years in prison for defrauding Helen, along with countless other women. The judge in the case also believed he had solicited her murder, though he was never convicted. But if it weren't for that case and Helen reworking some shiz Mm -hmm. from beyond, the FBI would have never inquired into the equestrian world and who and our OG horse Henry would never have been vindicated. Uh. He'd still be getting his hair braided by our girl, Riel. Riel would have gone on to live a beautiful life. She probably wouldn't have changed her name to Riel is one idea yeah. I have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows how many other horses would have died. This is a crazy story. That's it. That's all I got. This was the saddest thing that I've ever had to research. Um, I'm so sorry if you were sitting in your car listening to this podcast, bawling your eyes out because you love horses more than anything. That sucks. But... I will say, like, everybody probably was missing that Tiger King kind of story. And here you have it. And also, I feel like I had no, like, I was just, like, going about my day not having any idea what the equestrian world is, like, really like. And to get even a small, I'm, listen, I don't want to, like, put every equestrian into the same bag. You said you have friends that ride horses. They're not all the same. But it's good to be aware that this shit is going on. It went on. It might still be going on. We're watching you. We're literally watching your every single move from this day forward. Yeah. Also, if I can just get an amen hallelujah one more time for the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. We are making t-shirts. I love it. It's so, it just like rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> it's sellable it's is just, what it is. That name is sellable. really easily on any shirt. It's so good. Shout out, guys. <sighs> I feel like I need to take a shower after uh. this episode, you know? I mean, it's, you know, every day's a reminder that rich people suck, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about, truly, what do you think about the horse community? Like the racing, the equestrian world? I mean, this story doesn't make me feel great about them. Listen, it's already a homogenous community. You're not seeing a lot of people of color up in there. Mm-hmm. It's like wealthy in this weird way it just shows you get to a certain level and your your money it just trumps your morality it's very frustrating yeah 
I'm not on board with this story. I don't want to lump everyone in. I'm sure there's some really good rich horse people. I'm sorry mm-hmm. for you, rich horse people, the ones that are good. Yeah, you're getting a bad you're rap. Getting a bad rap. But this is lousy. I feel like there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a horse with like no crap on it, no nothing, mm. just like out in a field, eating its hay, minding its own business. Just running. There's, it's like majestic. Beautiful. You know, just like running. Just like running, biting Rachel's arm. You know what? I'll take the bite. You get closer to the horse. You now realize it's, it's Rachel's friend Shelby. I've gotten past it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had Shelby call into this show. We should have. Shelby? Um, again, uh, you know, if we've said, if you are like a horse lover and we've said something wrong, um, apologies. We are not famils. We're learning. We're just doing okay? our best, but this story isn't helping. Yeah. It's rough. So that's all I got. We're going to be back next week with another story. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. <laughs>